Isn't it funny how we take stuff, though? Like, oh, I didn't know I was, I needed prayer for pulling. Yeah, okay. Oh, me. Well, bless you. We're all so glad you're here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. God is so good. If you don't know the Lord, man, you're in for a treat today. Um, I just want to maybe present to you some good news. We hear bad news all week long, and it's time for some good news. There's hope for you. Regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of what your past is, regardless of how everything behind you is messed up, there's hope for you. If you can get to know the Lord, if you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is hope for you, that he has a plan for your life. So I want to encourage you today, let's set all this stuff aside. I just ask right now that the Lord would speak directly to your heart. Amen? Amen. It's not any incredible sermon. I mean, it sounds like, oh man, what's he bringing today? No, it's just, it's just the Word of God, and it's powerful, and God's got a, got a plan for you today. But sometimes we just need to turn the other stuff down and be ready to receive. We've been talking about vision, and we're going to continue to talk about vision of Church on the Hill to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share the hope that we have found in Jesus. It's so important that what we do from here on out fits this vision, that if it doesn't fit this vision, we need to consider what it is that we're doing. Wednesday nights, we've been having meals, just fellowship meals. We have a small group beforehand, 30 minutes at 6 o'clock, growing. We had around 30 this week. Our meals are growing. People are coming and just fellowshipping. There's no hook. We're not taking up an offering. We're not doing any churchy stuff. We had somebody from the north come down and visit with some of their family, and they said, I loved that. It did not feel churchy. Nailed it. The world's tired of churchy. Jesus wasn't churchy. Do you hear me? Jesus reached the people where they were. So I want to encourage you, come out on Wednesday nights and eat with us. It's three bucks, nothing. You can afford three bucks, and if you can't, talk to us. We'll help you. Um, but I want to encourage you, Bud is making a special recipe this week for dinner. If y'all don't know how good a cook Bud Shanks is, he's a, he's a good one. And he's back there serving every single week. So come out this week. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to show up. Uh, it's beef stroganoff. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it because some people are picky eaters like, yeah, I'm not coming for that. But come, it's not about the food. It's about the fellowship. It's about the presence of the Lord. And it's about the food. <laughs> We're Baptists. We can enjoy food. Uh, and in, I want to encourage you, bring a dessert. Bring a dessert. You guys are just knocking it out of the park on desserts. It's all homemade desserts. And it was so good Wednesday night that I had gone and spoke to Rob Owens's church, Kinos at Tech. And by the time I got back, all the desserts were gone. Somebody was supposed to save a portion of something for me, and it, I'm kidding, and you're not supposed to. But it was gone. So bring, bring your favorite dessert. All right, diving into vision today. Matthew chapter 28. If y'all got your Bibles, this is important stuff. Matthew 28, we've gone over this scripture quite a few times, and we're going to continue to. Why? Because it is the instructions that God gave us, that Jesus gave us as he left this earth. Don't you think that the instructions from Jesus Christ are important? They are important for you. 
they are important for me. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Christ has all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, because Christ has been given all authority, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Who is he speaking to? His followers, right? His disciples, which is, in today's world, who? Us. If you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have chosen to follow Christ, that's you. What are you supposed to do? You are supposed to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are too teaching them to obey God's commands. Amen? This is a piece that the church is missing, and it's a vital piece. Go and make disciples. Big concept. But I want to start today or just give you a starting place. What truths do disciple makers need to, know, need to teach new Christians and old Christians, listen to me, that never grew up? To teach them that there is a spiritual battle going on in our earth. How many of you know there's a spiritual battle going on? It's going on right now. Right now. And if, if I could just go back to 1999, and I know many pastors have used this. I'm just going to briefly talk about the movie The Matrix. Anybody here ever seen The Matrix? Almost everybody. But I want you to get this in mind again because most people have seen this and new believers can understand it. The main character in The Matrix, again, is Neo. He is a young computer genius and a, and a technology pirate. He's a, he's a hacker that's come to understand that something's off. He realizes something is off, and he can't tell what it is, but he can feel something is different. And he begins to hear about this legend of Morpheus, this guy that apparently has all the answers that everyone is seeking. And unexpectedly, Morpheus comes to Neo to offer him a chance to know the truth, saying, you know what, the truth isn't necessarily going to be good, it's not necessarily going to be bad, it's going to be the truth. Do you want to know the truth? And you remember, the blue pill and the red pill. And he takes the pill to know the truth, and the whole world opens up to him. And as Neo sees the real world for the first time, he begins to notice that the human race is living in a computer-generated in a computer-generated lie, and that they are captives to evil alien programmers who are using this race for their own evil purposes. And all the while, humans are oblivious to what's going on in their life. I think it is a great picture. I think it's not a perfect picture, but it is a good picture. Of our life, Morpheus and this small group of followers have the task of teaching Neo the new rules, the rules to this new world. And it is what we as Christians have to teach new Christians about how to walk out Christianity. I'm going to give you a visual uh, description or a, an illustrated sermon this morning to, to try to grasp um, kind of a basic 101 of Christianity. 
um, what's amazing is, is that as Neo was trying to go out and to save the world, so many people didn't want to be saved. They're just fine with the way things are going. So I want you to know the matrix is not a perfect parallel to this Christian experience, but to new believers, I think sometimes we can see there are some parallels there about the spiritual battle that's going on. And it is our job as Christians to go out and reach those that don't know, that are going in the wrong direction. And they're not going to someplace fictitious. They're going to someplace real. Heaven and hell are real. And it is our job to save them. Now, Christ is the one that saves them, but it's our job to bring the message. That's why Jesus said, go. I've equipped you with all authority. He said, I am with you to the end of the age. As long as I am with you, then all authority goes with you. I have the authority to break somebody's path to hell and to give them a path to heaven. I have that authority. I have that power because Christ is in me. Amen? So we have somewhere to go. And when someone chooses to live in the light of the truth, we've got to teach people how to live that life. Because we have an enemy who will stop at nothing to stop it. Now we have the Word of God and we have the Holy Spirit guiding us. But we've got to learn, as we see on the vision, we've got to learn and we've got to teach transformation. We must be transformed, which in turn we are being discipled, and then we are to be equipped to disciple others. Everybody say amen. We are to disciple young Christians and let them understand they are on a journey. Though they will not understand all the ways they eventually need to change, they need some direction and the way to head. They not only need to know what is now, but they need to know what's next. Because I can tell you, the moment you walk up here and, and give your heart to Christ, by the time you get home, you'll doubt it. If you come up here for healing, people lay hands on you and you really feel the power of God, you'll question it on the way home. That's not abnormal. That's normal. And you need to know that's normal, and you need to fight that. Cast that thought out. Take every thought captive and bring it under the submission of Christ. But if you don't know that, you come under that thought. And that thought takes you over, and you think, well, I really didn't get healed. That really didn't happen. So I want to give, us, I want to give you a, 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 visual, uh, a visual of this. Pete, where are you? Come on up here. Pete's my poor guinea pig. So, Pete is the picture of a brand new Christian, came up this morning, gave his heart to Jesus. Now, y'all know Pete's been saved quite a while. I baptized you. I don't even remember what age you were, but you were a little bitty, four or five. Yeah, I was baptized at five, too. Yeah. So, here's Pete. Hey, he comes up, and he says, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my heart to the Lord. What happens is, now I want you to know, we go to the cross right here. And Pete gets covered. Cover yourself up real good. Uh, go, go, go the other way so nothing gets through. There we go. He gets clothed. He gets covered. He's a new creation, right? He's come up. He's given his heart to Christ. Man, my life's falling apart, and here I am. I want to give my heart to the... Uh, actually, I've got you messed up because you've got to get to your hands. Yeah, so put these gloves on. 
This is why Elizabeth prayed. Okay. We're going to go over two terms this morning. Justification and sanctification. Now, immediately, I would think that you would say, ooh, that's churchy. It is. It is kind of churchy. It's really not. It is the, I believe it is the core of the word of God, justification and sanctification. Pete recognizes that he's going in the wrong direction. He feels the Spirit of God call to him, and it is the Holy Spirit drawing him. Do you know that you cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit calling you? He's calling you. When you were born, Pete, when Pete was born, the Holy Spirit breathed life into him. Life comes from the Lord. He is Christ's creation, even though he has not received Christ yet. But today he comes, the Holy Spirit's called him, and he said, I really want to change my life. And what does God do? says, great, that's awesome. Um, but uh, have I gotten ahead of myself? I think I've gotten ahead of myself. Sorry, let's back up. Here's Pete, new creation, living life. First thing that happens, we're born into a sin nature. You guys are going to have to forgive me. Born it and just stick your hands in there. Here comes sin. Good job. Not really. Come on, you've done more than that. Okay, that's good enough. Okay, so this is a picture. <laughs> Eat it. There's some truth to that. Tastes good for a season. Okay, so I want you to know that every one of us is born into a sin nature. Every one of us, because you have sinned, it does not make you the bad person. It's, you were born into sin. Every one of us. And here's Pete. And I want you to know some people may look worse. Some people may not have quite as many. But everyone is covered in sin. Every one of you. Every one of us. So, um, Pete decides, I've had enough of it. I've had enough. I want to give my heart to the Lord. I'm messed up. I don't know what to do. I can't get this off. I've tried to wipe this off, and I can't get it off. So Pete comes to the cross. Now, this is justification. At the time of salvation, what I'd like you to do is hang that one up here. We're good. We're good. Don't, don't come anywhere near us. At salvation, he is immediately covered by the blood of Christ. 
at salvation, at day one, he gets a new start. At day one, he is covered by the blood, and what Jesus did was he took that sin to the cross for Pete. When Pete came and made that decision, an exchange took place. What Pete had got left at the cross that Jesus had already paid for. Pete just needed to receive it. When he receives it, he gets covered by the blood. This is justification between God and him is Christ. Between God and him is Christ. If God were to look directly at Pete, now I want you to still imagine the dirty sheet underneath him, because we're going to come back to that. God would see the dirty sheet, but as soon as he gives himself to the Lord, he is seen through Christ, made right with God. Not based on anything Pete has done. It's based totally on what Christ has done. Cleansed, forgiven, put away as far as the east is to the west. Whatever you're dealing with, when you make that decision to Christ, it is removed. So, here goes Pete. Now, we're like, Pete, we're so happy of you. We need to baptize you, and we're so happy you're now a member of the church on the hill. Woohoo! All right, I feel great. Pete goes home, still with this on. But what happens is, if you're battling some type of sin at home, if you're battling something in your mind, if you're battling some type of chain, some type of um, bondage, you get home, and there it is. It's not gone. Now, I want you to recognize, I want you to try to visualize, even though Christ has paid for that, Pete's still got it on. He's still got wounds and injuries and temptations and still desires that hit of cocaine or that alcohol or that pornographic image or to be a liar to his parents or to lie or cheat or whatever, whatever you're dealing with, or thoughts of unforgiveness. How many of you have come up and tried to forgive your brother or your sister or your spouse or your whoever, and by the time you got home, you've picked it right back up? So then you think, man, I'm just not really a Christian. I need to try harder. I just need to white-knuckle this thing. Well, that's what happens is we send a brand-new Christian home, whether he's 10, whether he's 19, 18, whether he's 50, and you get home and hell's still at home. Anybody ever gone home and hell's still there? I've still got problems. So what happens is he's lost. We all think so many times as new Christians is when we come up and give our hearts to the, to the Lord that everything is blown up and gone. My addiction to meth is gone, and it's not. It's still there. So what needs to happen? Unfortunately, what happens is we send him home and just say, hey, come to church. <laughs> come to church. We'll sing some good songs. We'll feel good. We'll love on you. We're so glad, Pete, you made a decision, but go home and deal with your own stuff. And he doesn't know to share it. He goes home and says, oh, I still got all these problems and still falls and fails in those problems and think, it didn't take. This is not true. This whole thing I just did at the altar was just a bunch of emotionalism. Where we need to come in and start to show Pete, hey, because you're still struggling with this addiction is normal. What needs to happen now is God needs, what's, what's happened is the Holy Spirit has come into his heart, right? At salvation, we receive the Spirit of God into, into our heart. And now he starts to work through those problems that we have because Pete's still Pete. 
Pete still has these same challenges that now needs to be worked through. So we as a church body start walking with Pete, start walking with him and start seeing, hey, you're still struggling with this. Are you still struggling with this? Yes. Okay, that's normal. Can I help you? Let's get in the Word. I need you to get in the Word. I want to start praying with you. Let's start meeting once a week and start talking about what you're walking through. Because what you're walking through and because you're still challenged with temptation is normal. So if he were to look up under here, we still see the pudding all over him. But what starts to happen in sanctification is the Holy Spirit starts to work through him. At salvation comes justification, comes the blood of Christ gets covered. But church, our responsibility when it comes to Matthew 28 is to, when they walk through that is to now walk him through discipleship and to let him know you are not a bad person because you still struggle with sin. The thing you don't know yet is you have the power to say no. You just don't know it. And you've not been around other people to help you walk through it and say, hey, I've been through that. Let me help you do this. I want you to take this in mind. Sometimes our kids start new sports, or I've even coached some kids. And the first thing you do when you bring in a new team is you got to talk to the parents and you got to talk to the kids about what's going to happen. We're going to start practicing every Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 7. I want everybody to be running and doing jump rope. My volleyball kids get things sent home over the summer that they need to be doing jump ropes and doing squats and doing jumps and doing calisthenics. And so as, as me, as your coach, I want you to go home and I need you to run a couple miles because as a basketball player, you're going to need to run. And then I need you to be at practice. If you're not at practice, you're not going to get to play. And I need you to start making good decisions and start thinking about a team. And it's not all about you. And by the end of this process, you are going to be more fit. You're going to be more strong. You're going to understand the team concept. And then we're going to throw you into that team and we're going to go play a game and watch this thing work. The problem is we join people up to our team and then send them out, and then all of a sudden we've got to play a game and nobody has a clue of what to do. Have you ever watched third three-year-olds play soccer? Everybody runs after the ball. Those that don't run after the ball plays with the grass. And after their parents scream four-letter words at them, they cry. I'm not kidding. Parents are nuts. Go to a, a uh, t-ball game. It's humorous just to watch the parents. But can anybody see the visual being covered by the blood? You're all messed up in sin. That sin gets covered, but it still has to get worked out. And as this sheet full of pudding begins to get worked out, it starts to get cleaned up. And he starts to look more and more like Jesus in this process of discipleship. The problem that we have, you can go ahead and sit down. Everybody give Pete a big round of applause. Thank you. The problem is, is we leave people at the altar. And we have a responsibility to now. Their, their life just started. It didn't just end. It just started. And so many of you, I, I, would, I would believe that so many of us have been left at that altar, left to white knuckle the rest of our life. And I want you to know if I'm left on my own, I'm in trouble. 
even though I've got the Spirit of God, even though I've got the Word of God, God did not call me to do everything by myself. He's called me to connect to a body. He's called me to be discipled by someone. You are called to be discipled. I don't care if you're a 50-year Christian or a 5-year Christian or a 5-minute Christian. I want you to know that there are still 50-year-old spiritual infant Christians that have come to that altar and have never grown up. Now, I'm not trying to be hard on anyone. I'm just trying to say we have a, a way to grow up. We have a process to go forward. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Oops, wrong one. Can you all give me the next slide? It says, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. I want to encourage you that if you're still struggling with sin, yet you have been Spirit-filled, you have walked the altar, you've been baptized, but you're still struggling, you just need some help. Because the person next to you have been, has been through it. The person next to you has an answer for you. This body is equipped with everything that we need. We have every gift that's in the Word of God. Every gift is here in this body. Did you hear me? The gifts, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit have been equipped by God into this body. We just have to acknowledge it and we have to step into it. God has gifted you to help someone. God has equipped you to help someone. But we must be discipled and we must disciple. Here that we see, reaching our community through genuine relationships, we are to be equipping. We must be getting equipped as well as we must be equipping others because there is a battle going on out there. I want you to know that there are battles going on in, in lives, in marriages that are ready to break, that don't need to. There's no reason for them to break, but we don't know any better. We're white-knuckling it and trying to do it all on our own. There are kids out there that uh, their needs are not being provided, and I want you to know if God's in the house, the needs are going to be provided. You've got needs in here. It's important that we get connected to this body. Now, Pastor Justin gave a couple suggestions on connecting, and that's serving through youth and through uh, children's ministry. And I wanted to say something real quick. If you want to serve in children's ministry, we would love to have you, but we're going to check you out. you got to be here six months, and you got to go through a background check. We're not going to throw any person into children's ministry. So you parents that might have thought, uh-oh, who can serve? It's very, we, we vet everyone that goes into children's ministry. Same thing with youth. But there is a place for you. Come on Wednesday nights. Come to Jeff Plant's uh, small group on Wednesday nights. Come to Burton's class. Come to Greg Key's class. We've got ways to get you connected. And I want you to know, as I've sat in Burton's class the last probably three months of Sunday school, I have been discipled. It has spoke so much into my heart. It has, the Lord has a way of when I just try a little bit, he steps so much closer to me than I ever stepped to him. He provides so mightily, but you must make a step. Do you know that the Word of God says that He will guide your steps? That He guides the path of the righteous? 
You know what I see is key there? You've got to take the step. He'll guide the step, but you've got to take the step. It's so important that you make this move to be equipped. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to command, teaching them to obey the commands of the Lord. So where that's got to start is you've got to understand the commands of the Lord. And you've got to learn to obey the commands of the Lord. Justification. You get covered by the blood right at the beginning. But sanctification. You know what sanctify means? It means to be set apart. That as you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, He begins to pull you away from who you were. He begins to draw you from death to life. He begins to draw you from the world to his kingdom. And he has got such an incredible plan for you. So I want to ask you right now, who here has never made that first time decision? And it's easy to think, if someone were to ask you, are you going to heaven? That the response is, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I go to church. I, I believe that, that, uh, that Christ died on the cross. I, I, I believe, you know, I like to sing the songs, and I'm a good person. Well, I want you to know that it says that those that will confess the Lord Jesus, those that confess the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that he was raised from the dead will be saved. Those that confess, you have to confess it. Your confession is a big part of this. If you've never said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins. I receive Christ as my Savior. Then you will be saved. If you've never made that decision and said it with your mouth, I want to encourage you to do it now. Do it now. Do not take a chance on that you've been serving well, you serve in church, you grew up in church, you know all the songs, you know, you even know scripture, but you've never made that verbal decision. I receive Christ. Christ come into my heart. Change me. And I decide today to be a follower of Christ. I repent of my sin. Do you know when you come to the cross, we must repent of our sin? You know what repent means? Repent just means I've been going this way. I come to the cross, and I say, Lord, I'm going to turn, and I'm going to go a different way. I repent. I turn from my sin, not to pick it back up, but to walk in a different way, to walk toward Christ. It says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we come to the cross, we recognize my way doesn't work. I am going to seek Christ and his righteousness. What is that? That is obeying the commands of the Lord, his righteousness, and I'm going to follow that way. And he says if we will follow that, all of our needs will be met. And all these things will be added unto you. Have you ever made that decision? Right now where you sit, we all just bow your heads with me and let's just take just a moment. Have you ever confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life? If you haven't, would you? Right where you sit, just between you and God. 
God, I confess you as Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me of that sin. And I turn from it. And I turn to you. I thank you for clothing me with Christ's righteousness. I thank you for covering me with the blood of Jesus, the only thing capable of washing my sin clean. I receive that covering this morning. But I recognize that I still have challenges that I need to walk out. But your word says that you are going to equip me with power. That power over sin and over death. And I commit to being discipled and to growing. I don't know it all, and when I come to a crossroads, I'm going to seek out help. You may be here today and may have already received that. You may have already said that, but you have never really worked through uh, the pudding, the mud, the dirt. Lord, today we just commit to allowing you to work through us. Committing to your word, committing to your body, committing to be discipled. And Lord, as we're discipled, that you would begin to send lost people into our life. That we can teach them and show them that there is good news. Just ask you, Lord, to equip this body to make disciples. That we would grab this bull by the horns and go. Not look for other people to do this for us. You are calling us to go and to make disciples. We just praise you, Lord. Just praise you, Lord. Turn our hearts. Turn our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you see how much we need spiritual growth? Can you see as a coach, when you lay it out to to a child, what is going to be expected, and to a parent, what's going to be expected? You know a lot of times those kids quit. They just say, I don't want it. I don't want to do that. And that happens. But when you sign on to the team, you sign on for what the coach has in front of you. And when the Lord says, here's what I've got in front of you, you're going to be a different person. When the, by the time we get done, you're going to be different. You're going to be fit. You're going to be strong. You're going to be able to take on anything that comes at you. Today, you're not ready. But by the end of this, you will be. Can you kind of see that? I, I want you to hear me, Church on the Hill. You veteran uh, Christians need to be teaching. You seasoned Christians need to be getting equipped and to be equipping. You may say, how? I don't know. Let's figure this thing out and let's get to work. Let's see lives changed. Let's see us start to reach our community, sharing the hope that we found. Amen? Amen. You guys stand up with me. I'm going to pray over you one more time. We're going to go home. Father, I thank you for your